My name is Elizabeth West, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. My name is Tim Price, and I'm thankful to have you here listening today. I'm thankful for your ministry wherever you are serving and hope that this is helpful to you. If you haven't had a chance yet, be sure to go to the worshipleadertoolbox.com webpage to download your free resource, 10-point checklist for worship leaders, and there's some other resources as there, there as well. I also want to thank you for listening and for sharing this podcast for anybody who might find it helpful on your team or your connection with worship leaders. Well, I've played guitar and led worship for small groups for three or four people a lot of times. I've led groups for 100 to 500 thousands of times over my years. I've led groups of 500 to 3,000 hundreds of times. And probably the most people I've ever stood in front of to lead at one time was 25,000 people at a music festival. And though numbers don't matter, that's just a, a little wide swath of the various sizes of groups that I've had an opportunity to lead worship with. I've been in concert halls and convention centers in multiple states around the nation and other parts of the world. And I've been in churches where top-notch production teams cranked out expert lighting and amazing video and incredible sound. I've also been in churches and motels leading congregations and conferences that have used like portable equipment and a quick little chaotic setup to make it work. And I've also been to camps in the summer when there was barely any sound there at all. And I have literally sung tens of thousands of times with no sound system at all. And I've been a part of revivals, and not to go on on this little mini resume, but I've been a part of revivals where I've used a hymnal, and they had no video projection at all in their sanctuary. And I've been in a venue where all that was used was a piano and a song leader. In fact, there were worship services that I remember vividly where somebody was actually directing the congregation like you would a choir. I've been in the Asbury Seminary Chapel with an organ and seven or 800 voices. And I remember being at my college chapel with only 25 to 50 people. And I was holding the guitar and leading songs while the group was following along on song sheets printed at the school computer lab. And in all those situations, here's one thing that I know for sure. Worship is not about how new a song is how nice and decked out a worship space is, or what instruments are playing, or how many people are there. Those things can have a place, and they can leave an inspirational and distinguishing mark that helps create a moment for people to grow in their faith and worship Jesus. And on a side note, I'll always believe in big events. They'll always have a place in the church and have an impact in the lives of people. But all those individual components are not necessarily foundational to worship. So what is foundational to worship? Well, this list of six things isn't an end-all list, but it's just some thoughts as I was writing a blog post today. So here's number one. It's focused. Worship in a congregational setting 
is focused. True worship is focused on giving praise to the triune God. It's about turning our eyes toward Jesus. It's more about giving than it is about receiving. It's done with a focus on worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And in that worship service as a congregation, it's focused on the word, on God's presence, and our understanding that we are created to worship God. And the idea of giving more than receiving. One time I heard somebody say that it's in mission that we receive from God, and it's in worship that we give to God, and that most people have that backwards. When we focus on God, then we have this opportunity to worship. And this happens individually on numerous occasions in numerous settings, but for the congregation, for their congregation to be a healthy worshiping congregation, it has to be focused on God. Number two, it's celebrative. Though there are times and spaces for lament in the life of a congregation, worship should always have a tone of celebration. We should celebrate God's goodness, and even in tough times, know that God is good. On a really regular basis, we should celebrate the good news and God's grace through testimonies, laughter and joy, the Lord's Supper, and music, and all kinds of other ways that we can know that we have this faith that goes deep, that outshines and outweighs the temporal struggles and the unhappiness that comes from just living life in a fallen world. Worship has to be a place that we can meet with the Lord and celebrate. Number three in this foundational list for congregational worship, it has to be practical. Of course, there's this idea that that worship transcends and takes us to a a different place in terms of uh, experiencing the eternal things of God. But worship shouldn't be so theoretical that it's over our heads. As leaders of the congregation, we should pray simple and understandable prayers so that people can agree without having to think really hard about what you're saying. We should also lead singable songs, praying and singing and proclaiming the good news in a way that will allow people to understand it. It's practical because we were created for worship and it really does come naturally to each person. And so we shouldn't complicate it. It should be fairly simple to say, Jesus has given us this new life and we are so thankful. We're going to just worship him. Number four, worship for the congregation. The foundational aspect is that it's genuine. Worship is an outpouring of gratefulness on our part. If it's going to be authentic, we have to know that Jesus is truly our worship leader, teaching us, inspiring us, and leading us in true worship. We must also know that we try to insert other components that aren't focused on Jesus, that the vitality of the congregation is going to wane. Another aspect to this genuine thing is that we need to utilize the gifts of the people who are in our church. I've been in some tremendous worship services at various churches where the music style was basically determined by who was available. One church I was a part of for a while had a bluegrass service because they had people in their church who were able to make that happen. And because of that style of music, and because it was genuine, lifting up the name of the Lord, people are able to worship God and give God praise. And the genuine part comes on all types of fronts. If your church has all kinds of people who are able to make incredible production happen, then we utilize their gifts, and we utilize the budget, and we do all the things we can to make sure that those things are happening well and helping to reach people 
as they worship the Lord. But if your church doesn't have tons of production or doesn't have tons of instrumentalists, then you find out who is in your church and you begin to work toward utilizing the gifts of the people who are there. And that is what helps make leading a congregationally healthy worship because you are being authentic with how you do it. Well, number five, it's systematic. Worship has to include some kind of form. And systematic may be too rigid of a word, but there is a process or a connection that we have to set aside in order for congregational worship to happen. It includes some planning on our lives and in our lives. It also includes some calendaring and some discipline. If the Christian church only shows up when they feel like it or when nothing else is happening, we miss the natural life-changing rhythms of coming together for regular worship. And that's why the program, even though we don't want to focus on the program, the program of meeting together at a certain time with a certain kind of flow and a, a certain way of accomplishing the act of worship together helps us to stay in that discipline. So it's foundational to group worship. If you have yourself or you and a family member or you and a couple friends, there's a lot more fluidity there. You can take some time to say, we're not going to do it today, we're going to do it tomorrow. Or we're not going to start now, we're going to start later. Or we're not going to just only go for 50 minutes or 60 minutes or 75 minutes, we're going to have a whole evening together of this. When you include more people, the whole church together, there has to be a systematic component that's foundational for healthy congregational worship. And then the last one is that worship doesn't stop at the end of our lives. It's eternal. It's one of the few things that will continue on. We will be able to worship for eternity. And very few things on earth carry this kind of weight. Well, I think it's awesome to think about worship in these ways. And here's part of the reason. If you look at these six things, focused, celebrative, practical, genuine, systematic, and eternal. And I hope that this will inspire you as a worship leader to stay grounded in the few basic components. We definitely should work hard, plan well, find good songs, rehearse and prepare, be good with our musical gifts and continue to grow. And all those things that we learn about in this podcast and on this blog and many other podcasts about worship ministry. But then after all those things, we should trust that God is at work through our church and through us and that God is growing hearts of the worshiping congregation. No matter the style or the size or the situation of your church, you can implement these foundational things into your worship service. Well, I want to thank you for listening and thank you for joining me on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We'd love to have you take a minute to uh, go to the Facebook page, Worship Leader Toolbox, or you can get on our Worship Leader Toolbox community page and just be a part of connections there as they happen. I also just want to encourage your church, if you are in our region here in the Midwest, Southern Illinois region, we are looking forward to a gathering of ministry leaders on September 17th, 2022. If you're listening to this podcast some other date, then we, uh, you can skip past this. But if you're listening to it now, we would love to have you check out this Worship Ministry Leader Conference, which will include ministry staff, volunteers, pastors, worship leaders, student ministry leaders, children's ministry leaders, all gathered together 
attending separate focus tracks as far as the breakouts go, but being together in learning more and growing more in ministry in our churches. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash ministry leadership conference. We'll also try to put a note on the Worship Leader Toolbox page as well. But we'd love to have you. And if there's any way that we could be helpful otherwise, please reach out to us. Thanks again. Blessings. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes.